All right, well, so glad that you are here with us today as we wrap up this series. I want to let you know how the next few weeks will go. Um, so today we'll wrap up our series in Joel. Next Sunday uh, is Memorial Day Sunday. I'm going to be away because my nephew Bailey is graduating from high school. So we're going to be there as a family. But you get to hear... One of the up-and-coming preachers of our denomination, Joe Savage, will be here uh, preaching for us next Sunday. And so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, you'll want to be here to support Joe and hear what God has laid on his heart. Then I will be back the next Sunday and we'll be having our family Sunday. And that's going to be where we talk about our update. I believe that God has given a message, and in that message we will hear what God has really taken us through in this last year, and we'll begin to vision and look out into what God is calling us into these next few years. And so you'll want to be here on June the 2nd. Then we hit uh, Pentecost Sunday, which is also our graduation Sunday. A great, great combination of those things. The giving of the Holy Spirit for them to be sent out uh, to college, to university, to jobs, to wherever God is calling them. And so you'll want to be here over these next few weeks. But if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Joel. Joel chapter 2. We're going to read verses 28 uh, through 32. And uh, I'm not going to read chapter 3, but we are going to reference it. So you may want to just look at chapter 3 here and there. There will be some references as we move through and see the beauty of the prophecy of Joel and what it means for us in our lives today and how he's calling us to dream dreams. So here uh, from Joel's prophecy, Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 28. And this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Joel. And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Everybody say, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. Everybody say, both men and women. I will pour out My Spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth. Blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. What a great, great passage. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up, and you would watch television, and uh, every now and then, I know this is in this day of Netflix and Hulu, I know this sounds strange, but there are these things called commercials. And your, it's, you know, your show is going along, and at very important parts, they cut out and they advertise something to you. And that's how they pay for it, right? Now, I remember these things that would come up and uh, they would be talking to you about some miracle product. You know, something like a knife that can cut through a tin can. And scissors that can cut pennies. You, do you remember these commercials? I, I, they probably still have them. They, they eventually morphed into like OxyClean and, uh, you know, the, that stuff that you can saw a boat in half and you can spray this stuff on it and away it goes and, and it's just perfect, whatever they call that stuff. But usually when they're doing that commercial, they'll tell you all the great things that are going on. And just when you're like ready to pick up the phone and dial, 
This shows you how old it is. Or, or get online and, and, and purchase this product. Just before you're about to do that, they say this phrase. Let's say it together. But wait, there's more. And they'll give you, you know, just a new thing. Something, you know, a laser that can shoot to the moon or something, you know. Or, or they'll give you double the product. You just have to pay the shipping and handling, you know. Just something like this. But there's always, you just got in this rhythm where you just knew how the cadence would go. Great product. And then our phrase, which is, by the way, there's more. And then more blessing on top of that. And so you would just see this over and over. It gets, gets ingrained in you. Well, today, as we look at Joel, we have seen a lot. But I want you to see that Joel uh, wants us to know that with God, there is always a but. Wait, there is more. And so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And some of you may not have been here the last couple of weeks. So I really quickly want to go through this. Because first of all, we saw this beautiful symmetry in the chapter 1 of Joel and chapter 2 part of Joel. We see this incredible thing. In fact, it was kind of like train tracks that are going along. And it ties on each side. Uh, as you look at chapter 1 and chapter 2, there's something that's very similar. But Joel looks at both the present and the future. And you Remember that part of the present, what was going on in this this judgment, this thing was there were these locusts that had come and were devouring the land, and and so they were they were needing to see this, and and we were beginning to see in that in that passage in that part that whatever we place our full trust in that is not God can devour us just like a locust or in the future on the other side of the track was that army that might come and devour just like locusts can devour Uh, those things that we put our trust in we think will save us but often wind up devouring us we saw Joel take us through that but Joel then says but the call when these things happen when you see those things devouring your life is not to just despair or not to give up or not to feel ashamed, but is to humble ourselves and return to God. The fancy religious word for that is repent. It simply means turn around, turn towards God. And when we do that, uh, then Joel leads by example. And he gets down on his knees and he cries out to God. He rends his heart, not just going through the ritual motion, but he really opens his heart and cries out to God to save the people, to save the land. And because he does this because Joel believes that what sin devours, God can restore. That was our, our message last week. That whatever is devouring you from the inside out, whatever it is that you have placed your trust in that is not God and has these devouring characteristics within your life, it's robbing you of life, it's robbing you of relationships, it's robbing you of living at who God has made you to be, Joel believes with all his heart when we humble and turn to God, God is able to restore that which sin has devoured. And that was good news. But Joel wants us to know, let's say it together, but wait, there's more. Because we found out that there is restoration. 
And God is going to restore what sin has devoured. Now, in many ways, Joel does another beautiful literary thing. And it's another railroad track that kind of has ties together. And so last week, we looked at the present side of the blessing of God, of the restoration of God. We looked at the present. And in Joel chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, we see that God defeats the invaders. That God is more than able to deal with what needs to be dealt with in the moment. And at that moment, it was locusts. And he says, I drive them back into the barren land. I drive them into the Mediterranean Sea. I drive them into the Dead Sea. I am able to handle whatever needs handling in your life. Then he moves on and he says, not only that, I'm going to walk with you while the, while your life is restored. We saw that God is more than able. He says, I'm going to cause things to grow again. Fruit's going to be on the tree in a bountiful supply. We're going to see all of these things going on. God is able not just to deal with sin in the moment, but also to restore life to you. And that takes time. And finally, we see that God says in verse 27 that God's presence is among the people. You will know that I am in Israel, God says. But, say it with me, but wait, there's more. We get to verse 28 and it begins, and afterward. You can see right there, and afterward. After I have dealt with what has been devouring you. After I have begun leading you to restoration and bringing back the life that sin has devoured. After you know that I'm just near, I'm in the land. He says, after this, after all of this, God's divine presence will not be just be among God's people, but God's divine presence will be in God's people. That is what Joel has been driving all the way through. That God's divine presence will be poured out on all flesh. Male, female, young and old will dream dreams, have visions, will prophesy. That means to preach. Aren't you glad to be a part of a denomination that, does, that says it's not your gender that determines whether you can preach or not? It's the Spirit of God that determines who will be called to be a preacher. That's a good news message, young women. I hope you hear that today. Because he says, I will never be through. Young and old, you will dream and have visions about the world that is to come. And I want to back up and show you this because, let's say it together, folks, but wait, there's more. It's not just that divine presence will be in you, but that God is not just going to restore the land, but God is going to renew all creation. And chapter 3, verses 17 and following show how God is going to do this. And He talks about a river of life that flows out of the temple and down into the barren and dead places that God's Spirit will do this in you, but not just for you, but all throughout all of creation. God is the God who will not rest until all of creation is restored. Alright, you know what's coming. Come on. But wait, there's more. Because God says, I'm not just going to defeat an invader, some locusts, but at some point in the future, I will confront evil in all nations. Now, This one's good news, but it's hard because all nations includes all nations. And it seems to be that the thing that God is confronting, if you want to read verses 1 through 16, is the ways that people have been consumed by greed. It says they they sold boys for prostitutes. They sold girls for wine to drink. 
people became a commodity. It, it seems to be that God is going to confront the violence that they place their trust in that will keep them safe. God says, no, this has to be restored. This has to be dealt with. We have to look at this. But wait, there's more. Because God wants to make sure that we know that in all of our judgment, remember, judgment is not for destruction. Judgment is for restoration. To call us back. And He wants us to know that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're sitting there wondering, oh man, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know about, about that. I want you to rest. I want you to hear that God is saying to you, it may be a call for restoration. It may be a call to take that step back towards God and know that if you call on His name, you will be saved. That's good news. So the question today is, Can you envision this earth-shaking, blood-moon, sky-darkening, change, smoke-and-fire revolution that will happen? Can you begin to envision this? thats I mean, Joel uses every poetic language and metaphor at his disposal to talk about what a world-changing thing this is. That God's Spirit would not just be among people, but in people. That it wouldn't just be a one part of land that is restored, but all creation restored. That it wouldn't just be one little thing that is dealt with, but it would be everything that is dealt with and healed and restored. This is world-changing. Can you envision that? I would argue that we cannot begin to envision part two and part three of what's more until we know that the Spirit of the living God has been poured out on you. That God is not, God is not content to just be in a building or be around you. God's call is to be in you. For you to open your life to His work all the way in. God can only bring, only God can bring this change in you. And guess what? God needs to do that in all of us. This is the hope of Joel. This is what Joel is calling us to. And I want you to know that we have good news today because while back then it was something that was future, something that was looking forward into the past that this would take place, we know today that Pentecost has happened. And if you want to read Acts chapter 2, you will see that the Spirit was poured out and the symbols of God's presence in the temple no longer were at the building, but were on top of human beings as they declared the praises of God. And we are called into that moment today. And it was earth shattering. No longer were things determined on getting all that I can, but looking to others' needs. No longer were people afraid of death and destruction, but they spoke boldly in the name of Jesus, no matter the cost. Something radical had changed. The sun, it was as if the sun had darkened. It was as if the moon had turned to blood, smoke and fire, because this new wave of love and mercy and compassion had been unleashed in the world in people like you and like me. This is what Joel calls us to. Now, you may be skeptical. Because anytime church people start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get weirded out. And I know, and I love, 
people who are Pentecostal or a part of that that place. And they, you know, you may have watched on television talking about the Holy Spirit and then somebody's falling on the floor and flopping around or saying something. Don't let that scare you. That's not what we're about. I don't believe that's a part. That's not our tradition. That's not our denomination. But we are a Holy Spirit denomination. We believe that the Spirit is able to empower you to live as Jesus calls you to live. To love as Jesus loved even your enemies. To be merciful to those who are not merciful to you. To have a lifestyle that's not about all I can get, but all I can give. And only the Holy Spirit can help you do that. And it may be powerful and dramatic, or it may be quiet as a whisper. But we believe in the strength and the power and the cleansing that the Holy Spirit can bring you. So I want to read you a story. I want to take it even out of our denomination. I want to take it to a place that's even more uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit than maybe Nazarenes are. So I want to tell you a story about Therese Aker. This is, I'm going to read you her own words. And Therese is Catholic. If anybody was more uncomfortable in the Holy Spirit than Nazarenes, it's Catholics. Now they'll tell you they believe in it because it's in their creed. But to be introduced to the Holy Spirit, they have some struggle. And they're even more weirded out by the God channel than we are. But she writes, and I wanted you to see her picture, because I wanted you to see it wasn't like Saint Therese, with, you know, with a halo and the artwork and praying. Just regular old Therese. And I want you to hear her words this morning. She writes, I think it's safe to say that when we hear the story about Pentecost in the Acts of the Apostles, most of us have a weird reaction. We have this kind of reaction. Well, that's cool, I guess. Good for them with all the flames above their heads and the Holy Spirit stuff. That was my reaction for a long time, anyway. I knew the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, was real, and that He gave the apostles courage to do really intense evangelizing, but I never thought much more about it than that. Are you with me? Is that you? Been there? Weirdly, she says, we Catholics don't talk too much about the Holy Spirit and who He is in everyday conversation. Jesus we understand better. The Holy Spirit, eh, not so much. And any kind of talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit just weirded me out. Without getting into every single detail of what happened, I'll give you the nutshell version of my experience. I went on a retreat in my Catholic college called Fan the Flame which was focused on encountering the Holy Spirit in a new and deeper way. As we got into what the Holy Spirit was on this retreat, I was uncomfortable at first. But throughout the retreat, I found myself opening up a little more, despite my discomfort. As I came to understand how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, I grew more comfortable with worshiping God through song. Isn't that interesting? One of the first things she experiences is a more comfortable singing praises to God. Oh, now I've lost my place. Oh, and throughout the retreat, the idea of surrendering my life to Him in a deeper way didn't scare me as much. At one point on the retreat, our small group prayed together to intercede for each other for particular requests. To be freed from things that keep us from God. To receive the Holy Spirit in a deeper way or to receive His gifts. 
I don't remember exactly what I prayed for, but I do remember that as I was being prayed for, I had this gentle urge. Are you ready? I had this gentle urge to rest. To just let go. And I experienced an overwhelming peace within me that resonated throughout my whole body. What did Jesus call the Holy Spirit? The Comforter. I think that's a good description. I couldn't stop smiling because I couldn't contain the joy inside me. Words fall entirely short when I try to communicate what this experience actually was. All I can say is that I met the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit at that moment. And when I stood up after what felt like hours, the time of prayer was over. And from what I could tell, almost every soul in the room had experienced something very similar. We had just experienced Pentecost. I would tell her, you've experienced the promise of Joel's prophecy fulfilled. This, it wasn't just a one-time thing though. Since that first encounter, I have on other occasions experienced the Holy Spirit in powerful ways and I experience Him in a quieter way on a daily basis. You need to hear that. Remember, this is a Catholic. It's wonderful. I want you to hear this last. Oh, you're not going to be able to see it very well. She says, she closes by saying, Pentecost is a real thing. The apostles receiving the Holy Spirit was a real thing. But this outpouring of the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the apostles. We were all meant to receive this same thing. We are all meant to know Him, to walk with Him, and to receive the graces we need for our daily lives from Him. That Catholic can preach. That is preaching. And that is what Joel wanted us to begin dreaming about. And that is why Peter, on the day that this prophecy was fulfilled, quoted verse by verse what I have read in your hearing today. And he said, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Is that you today? Maybe you're asking, so how can I receive the promise of Joel's prophecy, the Holy Spirit? It's really simple. So let's go through this really quick, one by one, and then let's go eat barbecue. Number one, just pray to the Spirit. We've done it a little bit already today. It's a simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. We're going to pray that here today. Come, Holy Spirit. And in that, you're just opening yourself up for the Holy Spirit to come. That you want the prophecy of Joel fulfilled in your life. That you will claim and understand that Pentecost is for you. It's simple. Come, Holy Spirit. This is a prayer I have learned to pray in my daily life. As I sit with someone who is counseling in my mind, I can say, Come, Holy Spirit. And I can, I can know that the Holy Spirit is there. And will help me as I sit with that person. As I prepare messages, I say, Come, Holy Spirit. It's not that difficult. As you go to your job, as you answer the phone, you can think, Come, Holy Spirit, and just begin to see what God wants to do. So pray, come, Holy Spirit. Two, pray. There is some intentionality in this. Pray to be freed from any lies or attachment that keep you from experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. And one of those lies might be, God, I don't want anything weird to happen to me. 
And I just believe that the Holy Spirit just makes weirdos out of us all. Maybe you need to just remember Therese, a normal, everyday looking person who knows the Holy Spirit. And maybe you need to be freed from that lie and be willing to pray, come Holy Spirit, even here. And maybe the Holy Spirit will, will say there are some things you're attached to that are preventing the fullness of God from coming. Remember that that is a form of judgment, but judgment is so that you know how you need to be restored. And it's simply just saying, yes, Lord, yes. Saying, come, Holy Spirit, even in that, and help me to let go of those things. Let's keep moving. Pray for the fruit of the Spirit and believe they are for you, not for the apostles. You may, you may wonder, what are the fruit of the Spirit? What is he talking about? How do you go from talking about Holy Spirit to a tree? Well, uh, just so you know, Paul says later on that the fruit of the Spirit or the things that will happen in your life when the Spirit comes into your life are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Do you think our world needs people who look like that a little more? Amen. They do. So pray, believing that the fruit of the Spirit are for you. All of them for you. And then, listen to the promptings or inspirations as they come. To realize that the Holy Spirit doesn't wait here in this building for you to come back to fill you up, to send you out. No, the Holy Spirit goes with you into every circumstance, every situation, on your job, in your school, with your family, with your kids. And it's as simple as saying in that moment that there's difficulty, come Holy Spirit. And listen, you'll be amazed at what you will begin to understand. You won't get it perfect. There'll be times you might speak out of turn. That's okay. There might be times where you you thought it was the right thing to do uh, and, and it just didn't work out the way you thought. You don't know. You're just trusting that the Holy Spirit is calling you and you want to listen and you want to be obedient. And I believe and I have seen in my own life that the more I practice this, the more it seems that I can hear and participate in what God has called me to do. In fact, last week somebody talked to me and there was, there was one part of the message and I just felt like I needed to say this. And someone called me this week. I didn't know why. It, I wasn't sure it actually fit in the message. But they called and said, I just want to make sure I heard you right. And they said that exact thing. She said, I, I needed to hear that so desperately. Now, sometimes you get to hear that, sometimes you don't. But I, that's one example of what the Holy Spirit can do in you. So I want you to know, first of all, that it may or may not be an emotional experience. Okay? Don't get wrapped up in the emotion. I think that's the problem. Sometimes we make an idol out of the emotion. If we didn't have this grand feeling and all those kinds of things, that it must not have been the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know, that it is for you. Male or female, young or old, it is for you. Because, let's say it again, there is always more. There is always more. And folks, as your pastor, I want you to know that our world needs more Pentecost people. We need people who say, but wait, there's more. Our church needs the same. We will never accomplish those ten goals in the next four years without the power, the strength, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so today, 
I just want to know, are there some of you who want, who want to pray that simple prayer? Who want to see the prophecy of Joel fulfilled in your life? And want to enter in to the experience of Pentecost? To have the Spirit poured out on your life. I know your stomachs are rumbling and it's time for barbecue and that's going to be wonderful, but there's nothing more important than taking that first step to say, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask Deb to come and to just play something, whatever God lays on your heart. Because I want us to take a moment and I want to offer for you, young and old, There are people I know who have been in this church for 50 years and maybe never said yes to the Holy Spirit. I know that. And so I'm wondering today, folks, young and old, are you ready to dream dreams? To have visions? Young men, young women, are you ready to be called to preach in His name? Are you ready to see the world turned over through the love and mercy of Christ? You're going to need more than your own willpower. You will need the Holy Spirit. Oh, it may not be called to preach, but do you want to be the dad that your child needs? Do you want to be the wife or the, the mom that your, your child needs? I saw a great, great quote. It says It was from a guy who taught preachers. He said, I used to tell pastors and preachers, you, will, you cannot preach the Word Without the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I was dead wrong. He said, now I tell them, you can't get up and tie your shoelaces without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is not just something for preachers and prophets. This is something for people. All people. Everywhere. And I want you to hear it this morning. And I want to give you opportunity this morning to say, come Holy Spirit, I need you. Because I can't live my life one more moment without your strength, your power, your wisdom, your encouragement, and your comfort. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And if today you just want to do those simple four little things, I'm going to invite you to come and kneel at an altar this morning. I know that's a little strange, but I believe the Holy Spirit will prompt you and give you encouragement to come. If that is for you, you come. Right now, we're not going to sing anything. I'm just inviting anyone who wants to come and say, I want to say, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your strength and your wisdom and your power. Would you come right now? Don't wait. Don't wait for anyone else. Be the first. Come. Lead by example. Say, Holy Spirit, I come today. Some have come. Will you come? I'm just going to say, come, Holy Spirit. I believe the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, that is something that you want for me. You come today. You come today. Some have come. Are they leading the way for you? Will you come? Do you want to live in the strength and power, the encouragement and the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Dads, are there dads who are coming? Husbands, wives, moms, teenagers. It's for everyone, young and old. Will you come today? Have you been struggling with that thing for a long, 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 long time? And today you just want to say, I want to try this. I'll 
I'll give God a week. I want one week of just, God, you help me. Give me strength to move through this for one week. Try it. I dare you. I dare you. Come. You come. Many have come. There are some of you who love to pray with people. And so I want to invite you to come. If there's someone you just like to lay a hand on their shoulder and pray alongside them, come Holy Spirit. You're not going to say more than that. You're just going to put your hand there and say, come Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit will do the work. (laughs) But let's everybody bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this little trip with Joel. Or we could hear the good news that wait, there's more. And so today we confess that sometimes we as a church have talked a lot about salvation and being saved, which is wonderful. We've talked a lot about sanctification, which is a beautiful gift. But we forgot the weight, there's more. That the Holy Spirit will be with us and in us. Will empower us and strengthen us. Will lead us. Can speak to us. Can cause things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control to be in our very lives. In our very conversations. In our relationships. In our workplaces. And in our schools. So Father, today many have responded And so I pray that as they are saying, come Holy Spirit, that they would experience, whether in powerful, radical ways, or in that small, gentle voice, the understanding that they are being filled. That they have all that they need. That they can let go of anger and violence. They can let go of greed and the desire to hoard more for themselves. They can give. They can love. They can be merciful. They can speak to that person that drives them crazy with compassion. Not of their own strength, but because of your Spirit at work within them. Help us to go. Help us to give. And help us to bless others as we listen for the Spirit's voice. And may our cry always be, wait, there's more. Come, Holy Spirit, come. For we ask this in the name of the Father whose dream it was to send the Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of the Son who was so for us that He couldn't help but send the Holy Spirit. And we pray this in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And amen. I'm going to invite you to stand wherever you are and receive the final blessing. And then we're going to go eat barbecue. I have two tickets. So if you need to go, if you, you're like, well, I wasn't planning on it, but since you said you had two, I might stick around. Um, please, please stay. Please pick up, uh, yeah, you can get it and take it home if you want. Please make sure you grab envelopes. We have someone who's going to sponsor. Don't let all that money go to waste. Grab one. Say, I'm going to turn my 10 into 20. And go as God leads. Let's 
receive this blessing. And now, may you know the joy and the peace that comes through the prophecy of Joel fulfilled. May you know that Pentecost is real. And it's for you. It wasn't for just back then. It's for right now. And I pray that as you go through your week, work, family, wherever God leads you, that your prayer would be, come, Holy Spirit, and see how He strengthens you, empowers you, blesses you, and comforts you. And I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Go in peace. 